Hey, Disney fans, looking for the latest Disney news? And interviews with some of Disney's biggest stars? Well, have we got the podcast for you. Welcome to D23 Inside Disney. I'm Jeffrey from D23. I'm Sherry from Oh My Disney. And I'm Zinka from ABC's On the Red Carpet. And together, we're taking you inside Disney. Wait, wait. Do I know you two? (laughs) I know. So much has changed since you've been on your Disney cruises. (laughs) We're totally different now. (laughs) It's true. I don't recognize you. I'm not. Is this a podcast? Is that what we're doing now? I think so, yes. I'm still on that vacation mode, but it's lovely. And and I've got to say, Zynga, Sherry, you guys were awesome doing the news while I was gone. Uh, I missed you. I felt a little pang. I was like, oh my gosh, they can totally do their show without me. No, it's just not the same. No, 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 no. Two weeks is my limit, Jeffrey. Exactly. We need you. That was it. That was it. Zinga was amazing. I'll leave oh, it at that. You were amazing, but it's just there was something missing. So we're glad yes. to have you back. Well, thank you. I'm happy to be back. Welcome ashore. <laughs> thank you. And thanks to everyone. There were so many people. First of all, I, I for those who did not follow my insane adventures back-to-back cruising on the fabulous Disney fantasy. Such great feedback. You know, I actually hosted the Inside Disney at Sea show, which I think everyone who listens has heard yes. about. You know, we it's a version sort of like a, where you get a live host there on all of the ships, or I should say almost all the ships. It just depends on each sailing. Check your cruise line navigator. It's all the latest <laughs> Disney news and the show's updated every month and um and, and it comes out of our team over at D23. And so it was super fun. I hosted it twice and I I even did one for the the cast and crew, which was really fun. And the reaction was great. And it was so surreal, like sort of seeing us up on the screen and then being like, hi, and there I am. Oh, that's cool. It was wonderful. The chicken tenders. I mean, there it is. Yes. (laughs) I'm mad you didn't bring some back for us, Jeffrey. They don't keep very well, mainly because I (laughs) can't keep them. I just eat them. (laughs) <laughs> but yes, and Sherry, as you said, like we can't go an episode without talking about the chicken tenders. They were just so good. Oh, they look, they look, uh, just look amazing. Oof. And they have a, a proper fabulous Dole Whip machine on the fantasy. So I got my Dole Whip with a little splash of Myers rum, mm, the chicken parmesan ooh. Apollo, and the Mickey waffle Apollo. And I discovered oh. a, thanks to my friend Marvel Jeffrey, I discovered a churro mickey waffle which was available one day of the cruise each cruise and i consumed that of course the ports were great the weather was fabulous castaway key is just breathtaking thanks to so many of the guests who say they listen to the podcast so many people i want to say there was a rebecca maybe uh holly of course i can't remember anyone's names off the top of my head because i'm such a dory But thank you all, everyone who came up and said that they listened to the pod. That was so kind. And shout out to all of you. And shout out to the incredible crew, uh, Captain Daniele, Cruise Director Darren, Assistant Cruise Director Annie, Brad, Andrea, Lexi, AJ, Yo-Yo, Claudio, everyone. You are all wonderful and exemplary, incredible individuals who really just bring the magic of Disney to life for our guests literally every day. So thanks to all of them. And of course, ended it all with a day at Epcot because I, I needed to sort of come down from my cruise high in a in a gentle fashion. So headed over with my friend Nicole to Epcot, where I continued to indulge and had the insanely delicious, <laughs> I don't know if you saw this, I posted it, in the Germany Quick Serve restaurant, they serve a pretzel bread pudding Ooh. which oh. 
was so good mm. and oh. the delicious sauce and the oh my gosh it was so good mm. that sounds i'm hungry thanks. Oof. Great. Oof. Thank you. and thanks to aj for telling me i should be getting the epcot pretzel bread pudding then of course i had to get home and immediately catch up first of all i finished i binged all of big shot season two if you've not watched Ooh. it, it is so good. Our pal Vet Nicole Brown gets some great meaty scenes. Our pal John Stamos is fantastic. The show is so good. Then I caught up on Grey's Anatomy, Abbott Elementary, and or I'm all caught up just in time to fall behind again. <laughs> all right. Sorry. That was so much, so much, so much. Zynga, you were at a different Disney resort, I believe. Yes, I was back at our home base, Disneyland. And of course, California Adventure. It was so wonderful. My niece turned five. <laughs> way to spend your birthday yes, no matter if you're five or 105 oh my gosh <laughs> it's just the joy on their faces my daughter and my niece my cousin and the, like yes now we definitely have the disneyland hangover but <laughs> and i shouldn't say but because it's you just leave feeling so happy you know yeah. it's like so it's been weeks and weeks and weeks of so much work and that you just go there and i was like thank you i needed this but we had a ball. happy birthday emma oh what was your favorite part yeah. Um, Aww, you happy know, birthday, Emma. Happy birthday, Emma. You know what? I've been waiting for years to ride Radiator Springs. Right? <laughs> it's always so long. What? So, Wait, you yes. haven't been on Radiator Springs no. Racers? No. What? Every single time. The yes. first time I took Drea, she was five. And we got into the line. And of course, I don't know if we even had the genie pass back then and stuff like that. She was like, I have to go to the bathroom. And I was like, you're kidding, right? So we had to mm. leave. Like, <laughs> Three hour wait, whatever. I was like, no, but we finally got to write it and we were all very, very happy. So that was really the Yay. highlight. Yes. That's awesome. Yes. That's Sherry, what about you? Well, it was a really big week. This past week was Halloween and I went to the Walt Disney Studio lots Halloween celebration. We Ooh. love a pun oh. here. We and, do. We do. Oh man, were the costumes just beyond my wildest imaginations. Gotta shout out my friend and coworker, Jesse, who made his own Darkwing Duck costume. Oh, I saw him. And it has an articulated head. So when his <laughs> mouth moves, Darkwing Duck's mouth moves. I don't know how he made it, but I will get the details. I'm just always blown away by all of the incredibly creative cast members who work all across the company. It's, yeah, oh, I just love this time of year. Super, yeah, it is a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. You're in your mojo for the next two months. That's oh, right. This is, this is my his the my season jam. of Sherry. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, coming up on the show, we have the wonderful, charming, and delightful Harvey Guillen, who uh, many people have seen as one of the stars of what we do in the shadows. But did you know he's the voice of the Funhouse in Mickey Mouse Funhouse? And he has some very fun stories for us. But Zynga, why don't you lead us off? Oh, my God. Why goodness. don't you lift us up? I'm going to, oh, there you go, Jeffrey, there you go, yes. Let me tell you something. We all saw her grace the red carpet at the epic Black Panther Wakanda Forever premiere. Mm. Yes, Queen Rihanna, a.k.a. Riri, was looking amazing, and everyone was buzzing about her new song, which Jeffrey just mentioned, Lift Me Up. And guess what, y'all? The song and video has finally been released. Mm. Yay. And everyone can go watch the video for the song now at marvel.com. 
Well, in ABC mm. News, not to be confused with ABC News, I'm talking about network, ABC Network News, <laughs> the parent test is coming in December. This is a brand new unscripted series that explores the multiple styles of parenting. So you've got your helicopter parents, your child-led parents. Zynga, I don't know where you fall on that spectrum, but this show, I think, covers it all. <laughs> so Probably borderline helicopter, but who's judging? <laughs> no judging, no judgment. So here's how the show works. Parenting expert Dr. Adolph Brown guides 12 different families in the ultimate parenting stress test, where they have conversations about how each family operates. But despite their different opinions on how to raise a family, everyone shares, of course, the common goal of raising happy, healthy children. So check it out. It debuts with a special premiere following Beauty and the Beast, a 30th celebration on December 15th and the next day on Hulu. Ooh. Also coming to ABC, the AMAs. We love the American Music Awards. Yes. It was announced that the awards, which are taking place on November 20th, will be hosted by the fantastic Wayne Brady, who is just incredible. They also announced a batch of performers, including the amazing Carrie Underwood, Imagine Dragons, Pink. It is going to be epic. It is going to be fantastic. And it is going to be on ABC and then streaming the next day on Hulu as well. But something that will be streaming on Disney Plus in December, we have talked about this before, that Encanto at the Hollywood Bowl is going to be taking place in just a couple of weeks on November 11th and 12th. And now they are going to be streaming it as an all new original special on Disney Plus on December 28th with a special intro by friend of the pod, Lin-Manuel Miranda. So if you were friends. not able to be there in person, everyone's going to be able to cozy up there. What a lovely way to spend the post-Christmas holiday. Yes. But we can't get past the holidays yet. Do nope. you smell the peppermint? I... <laughs> Do you feel the need to put on fuzzy socks? Because Sherry's Holiday Corner is here again. Of course. <laughs> We've got holiday programming for kids across Disney Channel, Disney Junior, and Disney XD starting November 25th through January 2nd. So this includes holiday-themed episodes of your favorite hit series and brand new specials that are rolling out across Disney Channel's Fa-la-la-la-days. Fa-la-la-la-days. There it is. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> Thank you. And Disney Junior's Magical Holidays. Here's what we've got coming up. Marvel Spidey and his amazing friends, Mickey Saves Christmas, the stop motion holiday special that we mentioned last week, a new episode of Fire Buds, which features a Hanukkah story, Ooh, new episode, yes, yay. of Alice's Wonderland Bakery, and so much more. Also, got a shout out, friend of the pod, Alfonso Ribeiro, who's guest starring on a Big City Greens half hour special. Yes. Ooh. And now we're going to head over to one of my favorite international parks, Tokyo Disney, where the resort Ooh. has shared details on its eighth port of call. The names of the immersive worlds have finally been released. We've got Frozen Kingdom. Mm. Hello, set after Frozen, right? We've also got Rapunzel's Forest, Ooh. where guests can, of course, experience the tower where Rapunzel lived as a child. I'm excited about that. And Peter Pan's Neverland, where guests can join the ranks of the Lost Kids, explore a pirate ship, dine in a secret hideaway, and so much more. And for those of you who are planning to visit these worlds, you can also experience the new Tokyo Disney Sea Fantasy Springs Hotel, which is the sixth Disney hotel in Japan, featuring paintings depicting Disney princesses, as well as floral motifs throughout the interior of the hotel. It all sounds beautiful, right? 
So mm. everyone can actually go see a video of the concept designs and the State of Fantasy Springs construction now at Disney Parks blog. Love it. Well, in more parks happenings, Blizzard Beach is coming back. It's reopening November 13th. Yay. And there will be new ways for guests to chill out. Tykes Peak will have touches from Frozen, including statues of Olaf and his snowgy pals. It's Aww. so cute. There are pictures on the parks blog. It's so cute. As well as Anna and Elsa's Igloo Castle, new food and beverage options like Cajun shrimp and grits. Yes. And of course, Yes, there is holiday news. Here we go. Sherry's mini holiday corner. Limited time holiday offerings through the end of December, like the Orange Bird Dole Whip Cone and Peppermint Milkshake. Mm-hmm. Yum, yum. Oh, my gosh. And <laughs> you can always count on Epcot for new international experiences. Yes, the first details have been revealed for Epcot International Festival of the Arts. On January 13th, the Epcot International Festival of the Arts returns and runs through February 20th, 2023. Now, guests can expect 16 delectable food studios. Sherry, this is all you, boo, mm -hmm. which will serve up <laughs> art-inspired, listen, art-inspired menus, including two new food studios. So we've got Mordern, which is located near Test Track, and it features avant-garde menu items. It's always my favorite. We've also got Figment's Inspiration Station <laughs> delivering treats and beverages with vibrant colors and flavors. So what you can expect is more than 100 Disney and visiting artists who will showcase their eye-catching works of art. And during the festivals, guests can learn how to draw Disney characters at Animation Academy. How fun is that? So you can read about that and a lot more at the Disney Parks blog. Well, calling all explorers and who better to give you the best travel tips and recs and experiences than National Geographic. And this week, they made a couple of exciting travel announcements. Nat Geo Expeditions announced their fleet's newest ship. Ship? Jeffrey, you hear that? The National Geographic Ooh. Islander 2. Sounds amazing. You can see a video tour of the ship at Nat Geo Expeditions YouTube and learn more about the itineraries at the Galapagos Islands on the Disney Parks blog. They also released its best of the world list with 25 must-see destinations for 2023. And the best part about this list, these are locations that are supportive of local communities and ecosystems. You can see the full list at nationalgeographic.com. But a highlight, we've got to talk about Bruno for the second time in this podcast. Colombia! Encanto has put Colombia in the spotlight and Nat Geo has listed it as a great place for families to visit. And it's also an avian paradise for all you bird watchers out there. But yeah, check out the full list online. Amazing. Also amazing that the Walt Disney Company announced a multi-year grant for Florida A&M University. $1 million is going to the University School of Journalism and Graphic Communication over the next five years. And they've established the Disney Storytellers Fund, which is an initiative aimed at increasing access to careers in storytelling and innovation for individuals from historically underrepresented or marginalized communities. And it's part of Disney's larger commitment to historically Black universities. And obviously, it's so important to get these voices out there to tell their stories. So love that. Love it. Fantastic. Of course, you can read more about that at the WaltDisneyCompany.com. Something else that you can do. Go on. Why you can tune into five fantastic things to watch this weekend. Presented by State Farm. For complete details and listings, visit d23.com. And remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Now, all 
entries this week celebrate Black Panther in honor of Wakanda Forever, and they're all available on Disney+. Plus. First up, we get to meet the incredible T'Challa in Captain America Civil War. Woohoo! And of course, hello, Black Panther. You can actually watch the movie Black Panther. <laughs> Amazing. And then why not tune into Marvel's Spidey and His Amazing Friends Season 1, Episode 1, where Spidey and Black Panther must team up to take down Doc Ock. And then, what if T'Challa became Star-Lord? I love that episode of What If. So funny, so great, so smart. Also, uh, yeah, you never know. What if? Mm-hmm. And Marvel Studios Legends, there are three installments premiering Friday. King T'Challa, Princess Shuri, and the Dora Milaje. My gosh. Gonna be a fun Black Panther weekend. On to today's guest, who probably could not have two more different roles in the worlds of Disney. On FX's hilarious series, What We Do in the Shadows, he plays Guillermo, the human familiar to a clan of vampire roommates in Staten Island. And on Mickey Mouse Funhouse, he plays Funny, the, well, Funhouse. Please put down your stakes and put your hands together for Harvey Guillen. <laughs> Welcome, Harvey. <laughs> Thank you. That was a really nice intro. I like that. Please put down the <laughs> stakes and put your hands up. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> okay. A new season of Funhouse just started on Disney Channel and Disney Junior. How did the role of funny come about? You know, that's so funny. I basically, I've always been in love with, you know, Disney animation. It's always been a dream of mine. So I kept asking my reps if, you know, there was anything I could play, if there's anything that, that comes up, you know, down the pipeline. And basically I had been offered, the first role was through Disney. It was for Owl House. And it was so nice that it was an offer. I was like, oh my gosh, really? And I was like, okay. So that was really my first experience into Disney animation. And like a week later, they called and said, hey, would he want to read for this role? And I was like, yes, yes, of course, I'll read. And it, it was like, you know, a process of reading for the producers and everyone and finding that like, you know, funny, you know, just trademark voice. It just fell into him really nicely of just a, a person who we all know. It's that person who's like always optimistic, always cheers you on. They're your biggest supporter, your biggest cheerleader, and just has fun and also finds humor in their own jokes, like laughs at their own jokes. So that's what <laughs> I thought of funny. It's just like, oh, he laughs at his own stuff, which is hilarious. Once I found the voice, I was like, I hope you like it. And then I booked it. And, and here we are, you know, two seasons later. Oh, I love that. I know, right? Everybody needs that one friend. Everyone. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And and so, well, do you ever have people ask you to do the voice of funny? I mean, you know, we might be asking you right now. <laughs> I do. I've done comic cons where like I'll be talking to usually it's the adult, their parent who's a fan of shadows and they're at comic con and they bring them along. And while I'm talking, most kids will notice they'll say like, are you from? And I was like, yeah, how do you know? Like they are really, uh -huh. you know, they really do pick up on everything and they'll recognize a voice, even if their face is turned away and like their parents are talking to you, they turn around and go, you sound like, and it's like, wow, like it really does make a difference, you know? So I've had a couple of kids ask me to do the funny voice, but the cool thing about funny is that he goes into so many different characters that you kind of get to choose, you know, like I like it when you went to outer space and you were the spaceship, you know, or I like it when you were the pirate ship. And so you kind of have to choose what character that funny plays is the kid's favorite, you know? Oh, thank you. Mm. Amazing. Okay. Well, speaking of kids, when you were a kid, were you a fan of any Mickey Mouse or like Disney cartoons? Yeah, I grew up 
in Santa Ana, which is across the street from Anaheim. And so from our <laughs> apartment patio, you could see the fireworks every night. Wow. And so I know what time it was. It was my bedtime. And I knew that like I had one last chance to see the fireworks before my mom rushed me to bed because I was pretty little. And so I, I would hear them and I would see the lights in the distance. And I, was like, <gasps> and I knew it was bedtime, but I also knew that it was like fireworks showtime. And I would watch <laughs> cartoons all day. And I always wanted to go to Disneyland since I saw my first cartoon. And it was probably like when I was like three or four that I remember watching a Disney animated cartoon and I was just in love with it, like the idea. And I actually really liked the old classics, the black and white ones as well. Like it was just like, I thought they just had a choice. Like, wow, these ones were made in black and white. That's so cool. You know, <laughs> I thought it was a choice. I was like, oh, wow. Sometimes they add color and sometimes they do black and white. Wow, that's so cool. Um, <laughs> never, never knowing that that cartoon was made like, you know, almost 100 years ago. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And also the choice of like, wow, this is so cool. It's like, like you know, it's two dimensional. You know, it's just like walking down the street and every movement is like, you know, animated and then seeing like Snow White and then Peter Pan and the evolution of animation was just like, wow. Mm -hmm. They're so good at Disney. They can choose to do it like one dimension. Totally. I love that. These cartoons were made in the last year altogether. Right. Yes. <laughs> they, have a, they have a lot of choices to make. <laughs> you shared the stage with Donald Faison, Yvette Nicole Brown, and some favorite Disney characters at D23 Expo back in September with thousands of fans cheering. What was that moment like? I mean, it was surreal. It was just, I mean, just to be at D23, it's just mm -hmm. like a huge experience and honor where like mm. you are with, you know, all the Disney projects that are coming up and they get to do a sneak peek at all the special projects that are coming up in the future. And I was just like looking around in the green room and I was like, this is insane. Like, it's just like, I know their voices. Oh, and that's, the oh, oh I don't, you know, it's just like me. <laughs> like fanboying over everyone at the con stuff. So they probably, you know, thought I was a guest and were going to escort me out because <laughs> I was just fanboying over everything. I was like, hey, look. And then it was just amazing to walk on stage and for so many people in the audience to be familiar with the work. And of course, you know, with Disney just in general, but like for funny and the fun house adventures that the, you know, the sensational six take every week was just amazing. Like, it's just like they, the oohs and ahs of like, you know, of the upcoming pirate adventure that we're going to show and all of that was really exciting to hear the audience response because they were there and we saw it on Instagram, people posting stories and tagging us and saying, came to see my favorite car. Like, it was just like, it blew my mind. It was just insane. Oh, that's so awesome. And personality wise, who do you think you're more like funny or Guillermo? I think I'm more like funny. I really, <laughs> really? Yeah, I think I'm more like funny. People are always surprised when they meet me and I don't talk like Guillermo because remember Guillermo is very, so like it's he's submissive and he's quiet and he's shy. So when you talk, <laughs> really his his tone is right here. And mm -hmm. you have to be there because the you know, in that show, the vampires are bigger than life. So if everyone's right. like, you, you know, monkey, blah, 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 oh, my darling, you know, and it's like everyone's like voices are so bigger than life. And if I added to that, it'd just be a ball of energy that explodes every day, where like Guillermo keeps everything toned down. He's a human, so he's the anchor to keep the stability and normality in this world. Right. And with Bunny, he's the opposite, where he's just like, you know, let's go on an adventure, you know, <laughs> just like just over <laughs> the top and like pirate ships and like, you know, Western saloon and all of that. So it's kind of funny. I like adventure. I like traveling. So I, every time I read a script with, you know, funny, it's like, oh, that's so fun. And we get to travel to 
Mexico, you know, Mexico DF to celebrate Dia de los Muertos, which is a huge thing to introduce kids to new countries and new culture and new traditions. Right. So yes. It's so fun to do that. And with Guillermo, he's kind of stuck in Staten Islands. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> So funny is definitely more that has more of a magical experience. More magical. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, well, while we're on this, what we do in the shadows terrain. Okay, by the end of season four, Guillermo sees the vampires have fallen into a bit of monotony in their eternal lives. And he learned that he's a descendant of vampire hunters. <laughs> Why does he still want to be a vampire? I think the backstory that I've given Guillermo is that he didn't have a great childhood and time in school. I feel that Guillermo was bullied, like a lot of people, you know, unfortunately have been. And I think he escaped into the world of vampirism to just, it's a longing and aspirational life where he saw these people through the screen or through literature, living fabulous lives and rich and glamorous clothes and, and no rules and no boundaries and living your authentic self and truth, which was so appealing to him. And for him to be able to do that only meant to be, to get rid of any inhibitions or any kind of limitations, which means being human, which, you know, because unfortunately it is humans who pass judgment on others. It is humans who create turmoil for others. It is human. So it's like a double-edged sword. It's like, you know, humans are the most wonderful thing in the world and sometimes can be really terrible to each other, you know? And mm, so for right. him, he longed to be this creature that no one could stop and no one could touch. And so this is, you know, the vampire world is where he belongs. And now that he finds out that he's a Van Helsing, it kind of throws a little bit of a wrench in the whole thing because he wants to be something so bad. And yet in his blood runs vampire killer <laughs> blood of Van Helsing. And that's sometimes kind of the storyline that we can all relate to. You know, our family wants us to be a doctor, wants us to be this or wants us to be that. And you're like, no, I don't want to do that. I want to do this. So we can relate to Guillermo. And the reason we all see ourselves in Guillermo is because we've all been Guillermo once in our, in our lifetime. We've all been in a place where we were overlooked for a promotion, for a job. We maybe kind of have a crush from someone from afar, but we don't have the guts to say it. We don't have the courage to move on to the next step in our lives. Mm. So stuff like that is relatable because it's human and it's what makes us human. And so I think Guillermo just uh, wanted to escape being human when he was younger. And now it's all kind of catching up to him. But now he's realizing that he's more powerful than he realizes. You know, he's more powerful in his own. Just being Guillermo de la Cruz is powerful enough. Mm. Oh, he is enough. I love Beautiful. that. <laughs> mm. The show walks this balance between hilarity and humanity, especially in the past season where your character came out. How do you find that balance? It was a really tender moment. I remember reading the script and for me, it was just going down like memory lane, you know, be myself queer. It was just the idea of like, oh, this feels so like I've been there, you know, and I felt that it was important to showcase that him choosing to come out at that moment was because there's no expiration date. You know, there's no ticking clock that says there's a coming out cut off. People come out whatever time is right for them and no one should ever be pressured to come out when they're not ready. And for him, what made him come out was the lies had piled on. He had lied about working at the at Panera and getting a promotion to the railroad, <laughs> which makes no sense. Living in this mansion, which wasn't his, having a girlfriend, which he didn't, and who was also his maid, which not, <laughs> wasn't. And so these lives kept piling on, and now his family's there, and now his family can sense that Naja's a vampire, and now Naja's life or afterlife is, it's on the line, basically. And so he jumps in the middle, and before they can destroy her, and before she can destroy them, he lets out this secret. And it's like, and she's not my girlfriend, because, you know, I'm gay. And then it's like this moment of like, 
that like softened the tension in the room and everyone just stays quiet. And then that's what it took to stop the chosen family, Banaja and his biological family destroying each other because he loves them both equally. You know, sometimes, you know, we have our biological family, but we have a chosen family as well. So for him, it was a moment of like stopping everything, stopping this like stress and just deflate everything for one second. And if it meant coming out, then that's what it took to save both their families. Oh my mm. goodness, that is so cool. <laughs> well, seeing as how this is uh, inside Disney, <laughs> the <laughs> ultimate Disney fan podcast, funniest thing that happened off camera on the show that of course you can share on the Disney podcast. Oh my gosh, there's so many good things with this cast. Like just, you know, last year we're shooting outside and we're doing a kickball scene and it was really exciting because it started snowing a little bit. And before we even started filming, like I think like six inches of snow had fallen on the field and we were going to play kickball in this snowy field. And Kayvon had just gotten this new handmade like blood crushed red velvet jacket that was beautiful. And as you know, you're not supposed to get velvet wet. And so he was wearing this brand new jacket and we're like, oh my God, it looks so cool. And there was a swing set nearby and I got on the swing set and he started like pushing me. And then it's like, oh my God, he's like, I'm gonna do a bit, I'm gonna do a bit, film. And so we are filming and he pushes me and pretends to look back and then the swing comes back and hits him and he goes, mm, and slow-mo goes, no, and falls back. And we just see the costume designer go, no. <laughs> just because he's wearing crushed velvet into the snow. There's just piles of snow in the back and he falls back into the snow, just goes and slow-mo falls into it. Everyone's just like, Ooh. luckily enough, it was fresh snow, so it didn't stick to the fabric. So he got up really quickly and we were able to wipe it down. But man, I've never seen anyone so scared as our costume designer, Laura Montgomery, <laughs> saw this amazing, beautiful coat, which, you know, makes sense because she needed to preserve that because she just won the Emmy for costume design. So oh, yeah. Amazing. Awesome. Okay. What hints can you share for season five? Ooh. Oh, I was trying to feel like I want to give enough and I know. Oh boy. <laughs> in season five, basically we just, what we saw, you know, where it left off, he took matters into his own hands. And I think we've all been cheering for that for Guillermo. We want him to kind of like, you know, come on, step up and like, you know, take what's yours. And he kind of did that last season with season four. People might call it embezzling from the nightclub, but I call it taking back <laughs> what's owed to him. And yes. for 12 years of service, <laughs> I was like, yes, 12 years of service. Like, you know, come on, give him what he's owed. And he's, um, you know, now taking matters to his own hands. So I feel like how that works out, because sometimes we think we have a plan for ourselves and we have this game plan. I remember being in high school and be like, by the time I'm 21, I should be blah, blah, 22, blah, blah. And by 25, I'll have, you know, like you have this idea in your head of what you think your life's going to be. And then the universe is like, that's cute. You know, <laughs> and the universe is like, here's the curveball. So I feel like things tend not to go always as smoothly as, you know, Guillermo plans. And that will not change in the next season. And we'll see what obstacles he has ahead of him. You wrote a great piece for Esquire about your own personal journey as part of both the Mexican and LGBTQ plus communities. Can you talk about the importance of inclusivity in shows like What We Do in the Shadows? Yeah, I mean, it's important. You know, we can say into a blue in the face, but, you know, representation does matter. And, you know, of course, for the LGBTQIA community, but for people of color who don't see themselves represented on screen as they should, I just remember being little and not seeing anyone who looked like me on TV. So it was really discouraging for someone that was, you know, I would say round, brown and proud, you know, <laughs> just like all these things, right? 
Do you, that should be a t-shirt. That should be a t-shirt. I know. Yes. Yes. I'm going to hear it first. I'm going to hear it. It was discouraging. And I, and it was moments where I, you know, was telling myself, I'm, can I do this? Because there's no one out there who's doing that. And if you are seen on screen, you're usually the butt of the jokes. If you are seen early on as like a, a queer character, you were over the top flamboyant and always the demise of your character was always that you were queer. Like it was always like, you know, they didn't end up with anyone. They ended up being the butt of the jokes or they ended up alone or an accident happened you know what I mean and all these things were so discouraging so it's very important and what I love about shadows is that they woven the storyline with them being queer that it's seamless there's never a topic of conversation it's who they are and humans are who they are and let humans and vampires live their lives just let them live their lives being their best selves it's none of your business you know their sexuality is none of your business and so whenever they do talk about sexuality people forget in the audience like oh that's right like laszlo and andor or something and then Naja encourages and they are open and they're it's fine it's the world they live in because guess what vampires have nothing to lose you know mm -hmm. their mortality is like what <laughs> you're gonna live forever so why not try something once or want to go on an adventure there's no limitations to them because they have nothing to fear because the one thing we do fear all the time is death what if you didn't fear death and you were already dead and you could live forever you would do everything right but i do love that because you're talking about these like how underrepresented communities aren't monoliths so that's really important i love that so mm -hmm. our last question for you what is your favorite disney memory <sighs> oh. Jeez, there's so many. I'm obsessed. I think I, my favorite one is my first time at Disney where I've been begging my parents to go to Disneyland for so long when I was little and we we're very poor and my sweet dad and mom saved up money and they didn't tell me we were going to Disneyland, but they gave it away because they wouldn't tell me we were going and we got in the car and we stopped at a gas station and the gas station, I overheard my dad talk to the cashier register and say, oh, where are you guys off to? And then he said, we're going to Disneyland. And I just remember looking up and then I thought he was joking with him. And I was like, no, we're not, we're not going. And I just remember the anticipation and waiting and longing as we go through those gates and you see the sign and I'm like, and it was happening. And I remember parking and like just butterflies in my stomach because I had never been inside Main Street. I've only seen it on television. And I remember the anticipation is building and building and building and building. I think until we got to Main Street it really hit me. And I think I was jumping up and down. And I think I remember have tears in my eyes, just like screaming oh. down because mm. I was so happy. It was just tears of joy. And now looking back, I know how hard that must have been for my parents. And I know how much they knew it meant to me. And so it really is a sweet memory uh, in my heart. I oh, love that. So I'm not special. crying. You're crying. <laughs> oh my gosh. Was, did you get to stay beautiful. for the fireworks? Or was we it that did, time? We did everything. Oh, and this is like back when like, the, they had the electrical parade. Oh my gosh. So, yeah, was my, my, my favorite was electrical parade and the fireworks show. And it was just like, you know, the opening of the parade. It's like, ladies and gentlemen, the robot boys and girls. Like, what? like yes. you know, and the instrumental was like, what instruments are that? They have the coolest songs here. Oh, like, yeah. I thought they were the coolest. <laughs> Oh, wow. Well, Harvey, it was so much fun talking to you. Congratulations oh on all of the things and can't wait to see what's next for Guillermo and funny. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Harvey is so nice. I also so love that fun. he relates more to his character funny. <laughs> I can totally see that. He's like the most bubbly, friendliest guy. Oh, yay. Well, thanks again. Thanks, Zynga and Sherry for 
filling in while I was out. And thanks to all of you for listening to D23 Inside Disney. Don't forget to like and share this episode wherever you listen or subscribe. And if you want to chat with us, well, all you have to do is hashtag D23 Inside Disney. And for the latest Disney info, check out D23.com. We'll be back next week with more Disney news and a fantastic guest on an all new episode of D23 Inside, Inside Disney. Disney.